0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit
1: knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Welcome and, and delighted to have you with us. I am here right now with uh, uh, Hu Yiu Wang, Dr. Hu Wang, who is the president of the Center for China and Globalization which happens to be a Chinese think tank on global talents, returnees, and migration. He's also the vice chairman of the China Overseas Returned Scholars Association. Um, he is the vice chairman of China Talent Society of Ministry of Human Resources, he, and I could go on actually with several vice chairmen and all uh, in various different positions. He's an extremely talented. Uh, individual. And um, Dr. Wang, I'm absolutely delighted that you're joining us uh, here today. Um, thank
0: you. Thank you, Professor. Rickspent. Yes.
1: And, and I also recognize that you are going to be um, joining us here at the Wharton Nation Brand Conference on October 28th, and you will be a real asset to that program. And so let me again thank you for, uh, for joining us on the program. Uh, um, thank you. I also note that you're a senior fellow at the Harvard Kennedy of School, uh, Harvard mm-hmm. Kennedy School, where you also you got a, a couple degrees from Harvard as well. And I see you are a visiting fellow at the Brookings Institute, and I could take up all of our time going through your credentials. Um, but I'd rather I'd rather get into the content. Suffice it to say for our listening audience that we have a very, very talented, uh, gentleman, that is joining us uh, from China today, um, and so and, and and I should also mention, Dr. Wang. I appreciate. I recognize it's it's late in the evening there in China, and appreciate you uh, you your willingness to join us on the air right now. Um, yeah, thank let, you. L- let me let me begin with uh, trying to understand what the Center for China and Globalization is. Um, and if you could just describe that for us and what the mission is of, of the uh, China and Globalization Center.
0: Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Professor Ruffinstein. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, the, the Center for China and Globalization actually is the uh, largest independent think tank uh, in China, and uh, we have uh, established uh, over almost uh, Uh, nine years now, and uh, we are actually, uh, uh, luckily, we have uh, actually ranked by the uh, University of Pennsylvania think tank uh, program as the uh, uh, 110 think think tank in the world and also uh, number seven in China, but also the number one for the independent think tank in China. So so we're fairly large, and we have about uh, almost 100 uh, research and staff, and we have uh, several locations in China. Including Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou, and uh, and uh, the mission for the CCG, which is uh, stands for the Center for China Globalization, is basically uh, become a, a bridge and uh, become a, a platform for the exchange of the scholars and the researchers and policy makers, and of course also business academic community in in terms of uh, uh, to to strengthen the process of uh, of China and globalization and also to Serve a better uh, policy community, uh, both in China and outside world. So, we, so we want to play a bridge and uh, uh, focus more on, on China and the globalization, and also uh, China and the outside world, particularly on the talent of the globalization, uh, the globalization of the talent, and the globalization of enterprises, and and the migration uh, uh, between China and other countries. So that's the p- primarily. Uh,
1: our our mission. So I I recognize that uh, AU have been a consultant to many global companies such as GE and Siemens and ABB and Westinghouse, Mitsubishi, and and so on. And I'm assuming you have worked with them to better connect them with with China. Uh, But you have also been responsible for numerous Chinese firms going global. And I take it that's the primary responsibility of the uh, of the center,
0: yeah. That's uh, that's uh, uh, the other way. Yes, we we, for example, uh, uh, over this weekend we are having uh, CCG is holding a large conference in Ningbo uh, in Zhejiang Province, which is uh, uh, which just uh, concluded the G twenty summit there, and uh, well, we are having uh, several hundred uh, companies from both China and outside China to talk about uh, globalized enterprises in contemporary world. Uh, basically how to uh, invest in China and invest globally. And also we, we're having another conference called China Outbound Forum, which we have about uh, several hundred Chinese firms come uh, regarding uh, uh, Chinese investment overseas. So so our center does involve a lot of uh, exchanges uh, uh, and also uh, uh, promoting the, the, the cooperation between Chinese enterprises and and multinationals and foreign enterprises, and of course 14 5 country company as well. So so we do involve quite a bit of, of business uh, uh, exchanges and and uh, and collaborations.
1: So Ch- China, uh, let's let's talk about that and how China is perceived globally, and 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 really how it is that you're trying to promote uh, the China image. Um, to better attract uh, businesses to China, as well as uh, acceptance of China's businesses overseas. Um, China is well known for its low-cost manufacturing, but I'm curious about what other characteristics that you think should be better understood about China outside of China.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Uh, uh, Thank you. And uh... Uh, I think since China opened up uh, uh, in 1979, almost uh, 36, 37 years ago, uh, gradually the image of of China has, uh, uh, particularly for the Chinese enterprises, has has, has, uh, changed uh, uh, a lot. I think in the past, uh, for example, in China it was purely, uh, um, uh, you know, 30 years ago all the business in China is all state-owned enterprises. And uh, now, uh, in China, you have basically uh, at least half of, uh, of the enterprises are private-owned, and then there's another probably 20, 30 percent of foreign enterprises. So, and also, of course, there's some 20 percent uh, probably state-owned enterprises. And, and that's probably the image that China is, uh, is, is, is should tell in the world that China is not only uh is a is a country that uh, with state-owned enterprises, but also with a with a very vibrant and uh, and and uh, actively vigorous uh, uh, private sector as well. And for example, private sector employs about 70% of the Chinese uh, workforce, and uh, and also multinationals and the foreign enterprises has has employed over uh, you know 60 million to 80 million uh, 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 labor force uh, at one point of time. So. So I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, good story that uh, that should be telling. Uh, for example, like Walmart is, uh, uh, is one of the biggest companies in the United States. is in China purchasing uh, over, you know, like $20 billion a year uh, of different uh, 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 products made in China that uh, kind of keep the consumer price low in the U.S. Uh, so, so I think that the dialogue uh, and the, the communications uh, between Chinese company and outside co- uh, foreign companies are sometimes are less well understood. Uh, uh, for example, when Chinese company are, uh, is buying a, a company in the U.S., uh, sometimes it be regarded as uh, probably as a, a negative sign. But some of uh, are good examples. For example, uh, we know that uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, government actually recent years has calling for made in the U.S.A. and uh, uh, uh trying to attract uh, uh, back the, the manufacturing sector so we know that some of u.s company uh, and the government official has come to china and uh, uh, we know that uh, for example one of our uh, uh friends actually the company like uh, the Fuyo glass is uh, is one of the largest uh, auto glass maker uh, in china and probably one of the largest in the world now has invested 600 million us dollars in the united states and uh, uh, now they are having several factories in the United States making auto glass uh, 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 for for the American industry so examples like that uh, should be well well uh, uh, talked about and uh, the story should be told and uh, so that they have a better understanding they, they come to the United States they're going to create jobs they're going to uh, you know uh, offer uh, employment they're going to generate income and uh, and for the government. Uh, I think this kind of a story on both sides, you know, like like Walmart, also the biggest, one of the biggest foreign employers in China, and uh, uh, you know, this is really good the globalization benefiting uh, both countries, both countries' people, and the companies. And uh, I think in order to promote image, maybe those uh, those stories should be well uh, told and, and
1: uh, explained. Walmart's actually an interesting story. And and by the way, I should let you know, my first time to go to China was 1981. And oh, that's very early. <laughs> it's very, very early. And uh, and I got all sorts of stories I could share uh, about that. I'll, I'll do that when you're here in the States. Uh, but, um, but I know that Walmart uh, it got into China fairly early. And I find Walmart a really interesting example because when they were operating pre-going into China, their trademark was all of their products were made in America. And then they have dropped that. And obviously, you get a large number of products from China, so a lot of their sourcing comes from China. But then also, uh, if, if I think about a global brand for a company, um, mm-hmm. it becomes very difficult because within the United States, they're known as very, very low price. But Walmart within China is not the lowest-priced retailer. And it, that's right. it's, it's interesting how they have a different image within China than they do um, in, in, uh, in the United States and in elsewhere in the world. And it's, it's an interesting issue of having different images for different parts of the world. And I suspect that's true for the, the, the brand China itself. Um, since you mentioned made in the U.S. Uh, as something that at least our current political candidates have been banting around a little bit, um, there was the Made in, in China campaign that has been advertised quite broadly. Um, w- w- do you have any thoughts about that particular campaign and who that was really targeted towards and, and if it's been successful?
0: I, I, I'm not too familiar with that, but, but I think that, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, one thing is about Made in China is that uh, there's, there's also uh, image and brand changes as well. For example, in, in the past, Made in China means cheaper, means uh, uh, maybe quality-wise is not really uh, very good, but uh, but means affordable and, uh, uh, you know, convenient and and, uh, uh, sometimes uh, cheaper product. But now probably Made in China is trying to change that uh, into, you know, also means uh, quality and uh, uh, maybe good service. Uh, Made in China, I think there's another sense, too. Uh, uh, For example, all the big automakers from the United States are in China. They are selling probably more cars uh, uh, in in China than in in, in the United States, That may and all of cars are made in China. So right. so now made in China can be a good uh, good example. Now you have a, uh, all the big brand making China, and and, and uh, of, of course mostly selling in China as well. So so it could be several meanings of that. That's right.
1: So Dr. Wang, let me let me uh, sort of tiptoe on uh, what might be a delicate subject uh the 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 notion of made in china for many people outside of china might have translated to um not necessarily the highest quality not necessarily mm-hmm. reliable i i know this isn't you know breaking news for you you've heard this before um yeah. what what is it that is being done uh to try and change some of that image yeah that,
0: that's a good question i think that uh you know uh one of the things that uh, uh, could be, uh, you know, uh, utilized is that uh, uh, while well, we have uh, so many uh, American companies in China, like Walmart, like uh, like Microsoft, like uh, uh, GE, or they have or 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 GM or Ford for 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 other examples. So, so the G car now, GM cars now made in China and 4 cars made in China are really of a good quality, uh, very good quality. And also, for example, the Microsoft they have uh, several uh, 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 research centers outside the United States, and the center in, in Beijing is probably uh, recognized by Microsoft as one of the best in the world. That they have utilized the talent and they have a, have a, a research, R&D and research a lot of good products out of China. Uh, and, and the same thing, I think Sam, uh, you know, the uh, Walmart also has open more Sam stores now in China, and, uh, and they have club members. And uh, so, so there's a lot of uh, uh, things that are probably made in China are good quality. Uh, for example, the, the purchase of uh, uh, Walmart products, uh, they have a very good agent uh, purchase all kind of made in China product uh, throughout China. So I think that uh, the story can, probably can be better told. By those US companies regarding their product. And uh, uh, so, so this is a, uh, probably uh, one of the things that China hasn't realized, or maybe not. Been. In the past, I think if it's through the government channels or if it's through other uh, uh, channels, it may not be a, a, a convincing story. But if you, if you really tell these Fortune 500 companies that come into China and, and made in China, and then they can demonstrate the product. Of good quality, and that that can
1: helps uh, change the image. So I so, have so, I have so, no doubt I have no doubt that there are some great products that are made within China, and the quality um, of of many of the examples you just mentioned are excellent. But I'm wondering how it is that um, that China itself is trying to capitalize on that, and I suspect that those companies that um, are making their products in China. Um, tend not to promote that very much because of this legacy reputation, and and so what can be done to overcome that?
0: Yeah, I think there's uh, probably several ways to tackle that. Uh, uh, first, I think the, the the for the Chinese company, particularly the domestic companies, they really need to do a good uh, job of, the, of of the design of the of the brand and. Uh, and also making them understood, uh, uh, you know, outside China. For example, Lenovo, uh, uh, you know, I mean, when when they when they used called Legend, I mean, then uh, maybe so they, they, they changed their brand and they they redesign the logos and everything. Uh, then they have started the internationalization of the of the of the Manovo. And uh, uh, we know there's a lot of other Chinese local companies that uh, they, they, the English for sure is not well designed. They don't have a good uh, the staff. For example, we, we often see in the, in the United States and other international televisions, uh, the, the spokesperson or the local uh, uh, a representative of Chinese companies are, are from China sometimes, most of the time. Uh, like Huawei, maybe, maybe not better better right, uh, right. Just like multinationals are uh, doing in China, they, they hire local Chinese, they have a, they have a Chinese space in China. Uh, as if they were Chinese companies, and then people felt uh, they're they are part of the, the, the company that belongs here. Whereas in, uh, in the United States, you, you, you probably don't see that you see a lot of uh, uh, Chinese representing Chinese companies. So maybe it's a good idea to have Americans representing Chinese companies so that, uh, uh, like, Japanese has gone up pretty well. If you see a Toyota ad, you don't see a, a Japanese talking there. You talk about you see an American uh, local people is representing Toyota, and uh, so that could be uh, uh, same uh, 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 method that, that the Chinese company kind of adopt to 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 overcome this uh, uh, low uh, low. Uh, you know, first of all, how to tell the better story. Second, is really to explain better uh, the quality and the, the, the product, and also uh, the well representation of those products. And, and of course, uh,
1: so, so one of the examples you you just mentioned yeah. is Lenovo. And Lenovo, I believe Lenovo today is the largest PC provider in the world and obvi- obviously very successful. Um, they've, I mean, even their name change that you mentioned, um, I think is to, in some way to uh, conceal is probably the wrong term because it might sound devious. But it hasn't widely promoted that it's from China. And they could have selected a name that was very Chinese-sounding uh, versus, yeah. um, I think, the name Lenovo. You know, I, I often joke that it, uh, it, it almost sounds Italian, like Lenovo. Um, yeah. It, so it, it's, it's not, I think, the, the best ambassador for brand China. I think it is a great example of a company that's doing exceedingly well with great product but I don't know if it's carrying the brand China on its shoulders.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they they have a Chinese name uh, in the past. They they, they the Anshan. they've been using that for, for quite some time. But they changed their English name uh, to use, to reflect uh, 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 international market. Uh, in the past, uh, their old English name was Legend. But the Legend, is, you know, has a servo. Several uh, brand already there, there is part of the several product of a different sort. So then, then Novo is, uh, I, I guess, they want to try to demonstrate it maybe innovative, uh, novel, new, and uh, uh, like you said, little, little Italian, little French, or uh, European uh, style stuff. But that's a good example that they used that English name that uh, before they uh, embarked on this internationalization of the company. so an
1: English uh, a, a, name a, is, an, is, is an English say, yeah. an English name to penetrate the western markets but um but I'm worried about you know trying to help bring brand China up and 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 who's carrying that banner. And I'm wondering by the way, if there's any lessons that could be learned from uh, from Japan, who at one point made in Japan had uh, some baggage with it, um, a- as well as we could think about South Korea, and made in South Korea might have had some baggage with it. But the companies mm-hmm. that we could think of, like I know you have worked with Mitsubishi, um, mm-hmm. that is a very Japanese-sounding name. Uh, Samsung yeah. is actually a pretty... And, and Daewoo, both of those are yeah. are not English-sounding names. So I'm wondering if there's uh-huh. some lessons for China that could be learned uh-huh. from uh, from Japan and from South Korea.
0: I think so. Yeah, I think there's, there's really good lessons to, to learn from them. And uh, uh, I, I think, uh, if, if, of course, sometimes it's difficult to change the name, but to make the name, uh, even in its own language, if it's in Korea or in Japanese, when they translate into English, it's it, at least pronounceable. I mean, that's probably uh, important. Uh, uh, Samsung or, 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 or Toyota, you know, names that still can be pronounced. So, so I, I, I think that if a Chinese name is too difficult to pronounce, maybe it, it's good to to change change into a better pronounced, uh, uh, like like Lenovo, you know, something like that. Uh, the second I think is that uh, uh, they, they they could they could use uh, the, uh, uh, the the English alphabet. Uh, for example, right. uh, TCL, one of the largest uh, TV producers in China, because you the effort uh, the abbreviation of the, of the company name, TCL, uh, or BYD, you know, one of the largest uh, uh, battery and automakers in China for, for clean energy, is, is also using the, the, the names of uh, English alphabet. So those are, are trying to suit the market. But I think the other thing is that when you do the ad, when you do the uh, brand promotion, when they do the, uh, uh, the the image, they should really uh, using a lot of uh, 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 you know local 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 figures. Uh, for example, I can give you a good example. The uh, the, uh, the the Chinese uh, the, the, at one time they had uh, uh, an advertisement in the Times Square of, of New York, and then it was uh, it was I think it was a uh, uh, you know half hour or 50 minute uh, uh, period of, of, of advertisement. And that was, they flash all the faces in China, but then uh, so for the audience in the Western world, they don't know uh, this this particular figure or that particular figure, you know, with very short uh, demonstration of them. So it would be good, you know, even talking about China, can we use the the local image and the local uh, 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 metaphor, local, uh, uh, you know, uh, representative that is really uh, probably local good stories to to demonstrate China Mm and China's image. And that's probably the lesson I think would be really good because if he always was in China and Chinese character and Chinese uh, film star, you know, a lot of people don't know that. So right. they don't have a good uh, outcome.
1: Yeah. In- interesting. Um, I've got many, many, many uh, more questions I'd like to ask you, and I'm going to save most of those for when you come here for the uh, Nation Brand Conference on October 28th. But my last question for you uh, what do you think China's image will be in ten years, globally?
0: I think you know the uh, we see that uh, China's image is really changing quite quite uh, uh, you know rapidly. Probably every every decade there's a, a big shift. For example, one one uh, we see that uh, uh, when the Second World War is, is, is finished, uh, we see the Western countries' company going global. Multinational emerging, and then we see in 1964 when the Tokyo Olympic uh, happened, a Japanese embarked on the globalization, and in 1988 of a uh, uh, Seoul Olympic happened, Korean company uh, started the globalization and going global, and 2008 uh, uh, Beijing Olympic happened. Chinese
1: Olympics. Chinese company
0: started. Yeah, yes. the Chinese company started going global, and and now uh, almost. Eight years now after Beijing Olympics, I think that uh, in the next ten years' time, you know, we, we, we for the last uh, 10, 20 years, we see China surpass uh, Germany, surpass Japan, and now it's uh, you know uh, 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 quite quite compatible with U.S. Now uh, with, with still with some years to catch up on the on the GDP side, but maybe in the ten years' time, China would be the largest GDP country in the world, and I think China had to really. Uh, you know, project its image as as a as a, a friendly uh, for the climate, and now that China has just signed uh, uh, pa- Paris uh, uh, this uh, climate change the deal Paris with Accord. the US and now, uh, Right. Yeah. So 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 we hope that uh, we we have a maybe a, a clean and better China and more uh, uh, more globalized China in in 10, fifteen years time. And uh, we see now China has uh, every year half a million students study uh, in foreign countries uh, uh, 300,000 went to the United States and uh, uh, count about th- one-third of the foreign students in the United States so so you have you have a and an, and also China now uh, with the largest uh, country with uh, 110 million people traveling around the world spend hundred billion dollars uh, uh, outside China so so I think their are purchasing power they are they are, they their uh, GDP and of course the the industrial uh, 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 process will continue, but I think you know what's next. Maybe more more important is the soft power, as, as we see Joseph and I has mentioned that. So China has to match the soft power with the uh, with the hard power they acquire. So, so what I what I really hope that in, a, in the next 10, 20 years, uh, China should really uh, you know gain its soft power, you know gain its uh, uh, compatible uh, global uh, uh, image that. Uh, that other reputable countries has have, have and trying to be a big uh, stakeholders of this international family and uh, play more role uh, actively to maintain and uh, and strengthen and upgrade the global governance system uh, like like what happened on the G20 in Hangzhou in China and. Uh, uh, be a better uh, player and better uh, participant of the, of this international community. So, right. so I think there's a lot of things to expect.
1: Yes, and I think that's really interesting what it is of the soft power. I will tell you, um, I will be sharing with you a survey that I've done where I've measured the perception of China on a variety of dimensions. Uh, China is ranked... Uh, in my in my survey, number seventeen of all nations overall, but with respect to being a citizen, uh, it's number twenty-eight, and I've got specific dimensions like respecting property rights, cares about the environment, um, and uh, sort of religious freedom, etc. Uh-huh. That I think uh-huh. are all dimensions that, as you have identified, might be important dimensions to be working on in the future, and I do think those are really important contributors to the global image of China. We'll have a great opportunity to chat about that um, in a month. I'll look forward to uh, doing that with you. So thank you very much for joining me today, and I'll look forward to seeing you on October 28th. Thank you. Thank you. you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very
1: much. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.